What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagne, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. And welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am back once again after missing next week, and I'm joined as always by my fearless co-host himself, Kelly. Kelly, hello. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. I'm I'm still recording from the Skinamarink house. I have not found a door or window to escape out of yet ever since two weeks ago. Well, I believe in you that one day you'll uh, be able to free yourself. Did you get to go to the Voices of Wrestling Halloween party? Uh, no. Oh, you didn't? Well, then what no. were you doing? You'd... We met up at the house to get ready to put our makeup on, and you didn't even go to the party? I was just wandering the earth like a zombie. Man, well, at least you didn't come to the haunted house. Then we'd both be trapped. And that'd be no good. No. It's nice that the Skinnerink demon gives me internet uh, once every two weeks, though. Yeah, workable internet and access to the best of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Yeah, no, that's that's cool at least. I I do hate the times he makes me sit on the ceiling though. Well, we are here to talk about a bunch of shows. We are going to deep dive into the Sendai Girls Corican Hall show from November 5th, getting to talk some Sendai Girls, so I'm excited about that. Previewing some big upcoming shows and much more, but before we get into it, of course, got to get the plugs out. Follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio, or you can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. You can follow me at Tamebo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, 
you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So let's get right into it. We're going to be talking Sendai Girls from November 5th at Corican Hall. Kelly, what do you think about the show overall? Very good show. Uh, aside from one match, it was pretty much a no-nonsense, just straightforward, good wrestling show. Aside from one match, which was all nonsense. <laughs> yeah. One match, which was actually three matches. Yeah. Um, I also really liked the show. I had two matches on the show that I really liked. One match, uh, which underwhelmed me a little bit, um, but will um, I'll reveal that as we go through the show. So the show kicked off Mio Momono defeating Eureka Oka in seven minutes and 24 seconds. Kelly, what'd you think of this opener? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty solid, just straightforward opener. They, you know, they they worked fast. Uh, you know, just a quick, fun match. Uh, my big takeaway was that Eureka Oka looks like an AI created amalgam of Mio Momono and Unagi together. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> no, I hadn't thought about that, but. Um... I can see it. I also thought this match was fun. I liked the extended uh, pinfall trading sequence late. That didn't just feel like the standard, like, I try and pin you, you try and pin me, and then we move on. It was like many, many pinfalls. And then, of course, Mio catching her with a roll-up to win the match. I also thought as I was watching this, um, I don't know if this is a thought I've had before or not. I think if I... and. Kelly, you can let me know if you have a um, an answer to this. If I were starting my own Joshi company, I think Mio Momono, if she wouldn't be the first call, I think she would be in the first five calls I would make. To try oh, yeah, absolutely. People. Like, I don't know who would yeah. be first. Um, but to me, I'm just like... She has everything in a Joshi wrestler that I really like. She has this sort of spunky personality. She's super, obviously, talented in the ring. I think the fans really like her. Um, So just everything to me that I'm like, that is the type of person when I'm watching Joshi, I really enjoy watching. And very versatile, too. I mean, we've seen her in crazy brawls as of late. Yes, that's true. A couple of... um... A couple of wild brawls. Um, I mean, I think overall marvelous. You know, a very small roster, and they lost some of their younger wrestlers a few years back. But talent for you know, sort of pound for pound, I think they're one of the most talented rosters in Joshi. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have that many people, but you know, Aroha, Mio. You know, back when they had those few other people who were all very good, like even Leo Asaka, um, who isn't really a Joshi wrestler, I have always found him very talented. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that... why Chris Hero made that connection for West Coast Pro. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did, and I'm glad that they will be um, running some marvelous shows, you know, 
my own personal feeling is that I wish some people would run, you know, I wish they would run shows in New York um, or on the East Coast, but happy to see them sort of expand here, especially now that it appears that that sort of Joshi connection in AEW doesn't seem to be expanding. It, if anything, seems to be shrinking. Yeah. But you know what? So, right now, that's, that's I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I'm like, am I all that sad that it's happening? I mean, I will say that the last time Sheeta won the, um, the, the title, there was some tweet that I saw that supposedly she had said like, oh, I want to defend it against Venny. And I was like, oh, yeah, that would I don't be great. Think that's happening. But I'm like, that's so pie in the sky, you know? Yeah. Especially now, you know, and the debut of Mer- former stardom, uh, Gaijin ace Mariah May. Yeah. Um, being a sort of simp for <laughs> Tony Storm. Really, maybe it's best the way things are working out. Yeah. But the next in the next match was a tag team match and the evolution duo of Chi-Chi and Zones defeating Rayo Miramori and Yuna in seven minutes and 47 seconds. Um, my biggest thought, another match that I enjoyed, 2023 really is the year of the rookies who have just decided you know, we'll do whatever, but every match we'll just stand in the middle of the ring and knock the shit out of each other with strikes. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. In this match with zones. Um, and I was like, wow, Tokyo Joshi, they're doing it here. They're doing it. I'm like, this is good to me. I enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah more of this, more uh, bold newcomers that are willing to beat and be beaten. Just now, instead of, you know, learning basic pinfall maneuvers, they're just learning to stand in the middle of the ring and hit each other very, very hard. Yeah. You uh, know what? The, my the kind important of things. <laughs> the fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, of wrestling. The next match, which actually was three matches, as Kelly mentioned, uh, I, I don't even really know how to say it. Sakura Hirota defeating Miyuki Takase in 9 seconds. Sakura Hirota defeating Miyuki Takase in 12 seconds. And then Miyuki Takase defeating Sakura Hirota in 5 minutes and 52 seconds. Kelly, what would you think of this uh, Sakura Hirota match? Or I refuse to believe that this wasn't a combined total of 20 minutes. Like, this felt no. so long. <laughs> Barely over six minutes. Which, that's insane. Like, that can't be six, true. Six minutes and 13 seconds. I refuse to believe it. I'd spent somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes watching <laughs> these three matches. So, I take it that you really loved it then? Yeah, it was the best. Five stars. Match of the year. It felt like 40 minutes because your mind wanted more. Yeah. So your mind I was, was like, like, damn. Oh, I'm th- going to expand. 
This soccer Hirota's on a real uh, wrestler of the year kick, I think. You know, I have Damn, to none, say, none usually... of this is stale. It's all just the same. It's all new to me. I love it. I will say, as a reversal of uh, my usual stance, I have been negative on Hirota in the past on this podcast for any longtime listeners. I actually sort of enjoyed this one. Um, I thought it was fun. You know, the usual thing is Hirota losing in very quickly and asking for a rematch. I like the the sort of change up. I know they've been doing that more often because um, there have been at least one other show where she won very quickly. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just that there's it's not against Iger anymore. So I was like, oh, thank God. That helps. Like, that helps a lot. <laughs> like someone else. It just felt a little bit more energized, you know. Mm-hmm. Iger was very much that, like, you know, ghost. But it it can sometimes feel like, oh, this is low energy. Because you have Hirota, like, doing her thing, and then the person across from her just being like... Bruh. So I liked <laughs> that Takase was in there to at least have a little bit of, like, pep to it. Yes. You know, I'm not I, I will agree. I thought the match... Once they got into it, was actually pretty decent. But it's just like you have to work. You have to slog through like thirty-five minutes of shtick before you can get to the actual match part, and that's pretty good. Once you get there, though. Yeah, I will say to your credit, these are the match times. There were there was time in between the matches of arguing about. Please give me another, you know give me another opportunity, give me another match. So it was slightly longer than, yeah. (laughs) So it probably was closer to 10 minutes or something. They're Um, watching the show and Roman, Roman Reigns is just like, let him cook. I would, I wouldn't recommend this. I wouldn't say, Oh God, your way to watch this, but in the sort of hierarchy of, the thousands of Sakura Hirota matches I've watched, <laughs> um, you know, it was one I found more enjoyable than many others. Yeah, no, I guess the, I, when you put it that way, yeah, you're right. I agree. I I won you over at the end. You did. Uh, match of the show. The n- next match was a tag team match. Hiroyo Matsumoto and Lena Cross defeated Manami and Ryo Mizunami in 9 minutes and 12 seconds. Kelly, what would you think of this one? Uh, I haven't seen a ton of Lena Cross before, but I thought she did pretty well here. Uh, And I really enjoyed the interactions between Matsumoto and Mizunami. Wow, we have very similar notes. I said, I also... like all these British, I think she's, is she British? I don't know. Uh, probably odds are good. Uh, all, all these. Yeah. All these British wrestlers that come over. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Um, so I guess I always go in fresh. I know that a lot of these people, like people who do follow British wrestling are like, Oh, they're, they're horrible. They're or problematic or something. Um, <laughs> But I don't know, and I enjoyed her in this match. I also, um, you know, this wasn't probably not the highlight of it, but I do feel like to give AEW 
uh, a little bit of uh, positive, even though probably doesn't have anything to do with them. I do feel like Ryo Mizunami going to AEW sort of revitalized her. Like, it feels like she's come back and, like, really feels more energized, uh, which is sort of weird to say about Mizunami, who always has that crazy (laughs) entrance. But, you know, she talked about before she went to AEW, the whole thing of, like, well, I wasn't sure. I was thinking about retiring because I was sort of, like, doing the same things. And then AEW, I was like, oh, great. I have this great opportunity to do this. And so it feels like even though she went and I feel like it didn't actually go all that great in AEW, like she had the title match um, and then sort of disappeared and wasn't really used all that well. It's like she went to AEW and was just like, well, this is the shits. I'm going back home. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, well... Maybe I shouldn't have been bummed out by all the things I was doing because (laughs) (laughs) that stuff is better than this. (laughs) And then came back. But like, you know, she's come back obviously with the Tokyo Joshi stuff. But like even here, I thought she was really good um, bringing energy, bringing a good match. So I'm happy to see it because she's always someone that I've really liked. But it has felt like, you know, in the past year or so, she really has stepped up and become, you know, a big factor in all of Joshi wrestling, really. Yeah. Uh, Mizunami is another one of those early draft picks if I'm making a Joshi company. Oh, okay. I would have to think. I don't know that she would, you know... I would have to sort of think about my list. Maybe she would be in the top 10, maybe. Yeah, because, um, like, I don't think she provides a ton in, like, you know, top-of-the-card value, but mid-card value, she's incredible. Yeah, and she's good as obviously as we've seen in Tokyo Joshi as sort of that, you know, mid-card gatekeeper role of like, well, now you got to go against Mizunami and really test yourself out. Um, I think that's been very valuable in Tokyo Joshi. So, you know, that's sort of the perfect spot for her because I do agree with you. I don't know if it's a thing where you would have her and be like, okay, now she's the champion of your company. but very valuable in that mid-card role. So maybe the, she's like a second-tier draft pick then, because I think a lot of people gloss her over, so maybe you don't need to waste an early round there. It's kind of well, like how if there's a like really... Yeah. Top 10. If there's a really good kicker you want, you wait, because you know no one else is going to take that. I don't know that I'd say she's a kicker. kicker. Well, no, 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 but I'm just thinking of like draft picks and stuff. Yeah. But kickers are like you take them with your seventh round pick because you're like, well, no one's going to touch them and seventh round picks are useless anyway. So I'll take this. She's yeah. like a like a third round pick, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like a fantasy league more than an oh. actual league. I see. I see. I don't know how actual sports draft. I know how fantasy sports draft. Because... But in fantasy, it is someone where you're like, you maybe they are like a third round because in the first couple rounds, you're drafting people who you're like, if I don't take them right now, they're going to get taken. Exactly. Whereas she would be like a, okay, she might get taken now, so I might want to take her to have her, but it's also possible that maybe she doesn't get taken. 
you kind of hope everyone overlooks her. Yes. And you can get her later. Um, yeah, and sometimes that burns you, but sometimes it really pays off. Yep. Two fantasy draft experts, me and Kelly, <laughs> talking yep. about... Couldn't do it for football, but I could do it for uh, Joshi wrestling. That would be fascinating to do a Joshi fantasy league. When I was a kid, I did that. uh, I pretty much did a fantasy wrestling thing with my parents. And like I made them draft wrestlers with me. And then like we would I would go over the results of all of the shows and you know i reward you there with points based on wins and title wins and stuff like that it's watching heat and velocity every week getting those results down that would be and back then you had to do it you know you couldn't look at cage match nope (laughs) you had to do it manually (laughs) that's that i was doing that in the era when you could only watch heat and velocity on the WWE website Oh, all right. Well, at least but there it was, was some... there. It wasn't just on TV. Yeah, <laughs> but there was some real TV. good cruiserweight era. There was some good cruiserweight stuff in that era. Now I'm just thinking about, I'm like, should we do it uh, like a Joshi? But just between the two of us now, I'm just yeah. thinking of it. Like for the show, should we do a Joshi fantasy league? Like we'd have to both pick. It would it would have to be a limited number of people. Yeah. Um I think we'll that's figure interesting. It out. Let me think I about think that. Is, or if yeah, this, anyone listening has any here. ideas. Yeah. Um because <laughs> I think that would be fun to pick people for 2024, see what happens, and then, you know, have a winner at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea to go go at the beginning of the next year, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, well thanks anyway. for everyone coming to this production meeting real fast. <laughs> yeah. A little behind the scenes peek of the strange <laughs> things Kelly and I talk about. This is this is just how this show goes where we just kind of would figure out stuff on the fly and there we go. <laughs> yeah. Everything on this show is figured out on the fly. Um <laughs> Anyway, the next match on this show was another tag team match. The current tag team champions not defending their titles. Team 200 Kilogram, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu, defeated Riko Kawahara and Takumi Aroha in 13 minutes and 2 seconds. I thought this match rocked. I thought it was really good. Um, Hard-hitting, solid action. Really liked the, um, the hanging choke into the cannonball from uh, yeah. Hashimoto and you, even though you, I believe kicked Hashimoto directly in yes. the stomach. Uh, yes. She was like, Ooh, <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool. I thought that um, Hashimoto really drilled Kawahata with some of those um, suplexes um, or yeah. Suplexes. Sorry. I'm looking at my notes and realizing my, um, Notes auto-corrected. So my note says Kawahara got killed with some of those sextons from Hashimoto. (laughs) And I believe the word I meant to write was suplexes. Uh, (laughs) That's um, one of those auto-corrects that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I'm like, sexton? I don't even know. 
isn't that like a medieval piece of armor or something? <laughs> Your phone's thinking a lot about Sexton Hardcastle. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, for uh, people working very hard, you know, as we talked about with Mio, always like seeing Takumi Aroha. She works very hard. Um, you know, and even you, who I have expressed on the show, not always crazy about, I thought worked very hard and looked very good. So I went four stars. Damn, yeah, I was at three and three quarters. I thought this was really good. Uh, you, yeah, you was pretty good here, even though I'm not a huge fan. I really wish she would stop doing like the rolling thing instead of the dive because it just it kind of looks worse every time she does it now. Like, just the speed isn't there. <laughs> and it makes everyone look goofy for having to sell for it. But outside of that, I thought it was great. Uh, one of my notes was that Aroha really is just, like, one of the coolest feeling wrestlers around. Like, she just comes in the ring. She has a cool look. She has cool kicks. And it's just like, damn. It's a cool lady. And so, yeah, I, I like this match a lot. Really, really solid kind of... Because they went to intermission after this, I believe, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, like that's the perfect match to leave off on. Um, I do agree with you about the the rolling U um, move. Although I am very, I am a huge, I don't really ever talk about this because it's one of those things where I've just sort of accepted that things happen that I don't like. And this is universal not just in Joshi or anything like that. I think that about 80% of dives that wrestlers do universally across the world look bad. And so to me, I'm like, well, this you thing doesn't look great, but a lot of like so many dives that people do are, you know, there's the, always the joke of like, Oh, it's a suicide push. Like yeah. so many dives look like that where I'm like, that's why I like, you know, uh, like Ray Phoenix always does like these crazy, like he's running a million miles an hour and he jumps out of the ring and he goes flying everywhere. And I'm like, that is a dive. Like, yeah, dives Darby, so Darby's slow. another one. <laughs> yeah, Darby's one. But where you go so slow and you're like, do, do, do. Oh, and I'm slowly leaping out of the ring push. And I'm like, oh, looks terrible. Because. Yeah. And the U-roll is the same thing where I'm like, a person standing there and you're rolling towards them. Like, unless you have such incredible speed on the roll, which I'm not sure anyone on Earth could get just no. um, based on the principle, the laws of gravity. Like, you'd have to be going so fast for someone to be standing there and be like, oh, someone's rolling towards me. Oh, I, I couldn't catch them. Um. So, but that's sort of a universal thing that I have where I think, you know, and there's so many dives where it's like, oh, you dive and there's 18 people standing there and you're like, oh, okay, I guess it looks fine. But, you know, but again, it's one of those things where everyone, nearly everyone on earth does it. So I've just sort of accepted that it's one of those stupid things that I don't like and move on. The semi-main of this show was a hardcore match. Aja Kong defeating Dash Chizako in 17 minutes and 7 seconds. Kelly, 
I know you're a little hardcore freak, so I'll let you go yep. first. This was my favorite match of the show. Uh, Kong worked so much harder than she needed to here. <laughs> Just some real wild-looking bumps. The bump to the outside t- through the table that Aja Kong took was... Like, she she doesn't need to be doing that. The fucking... The double stomps off the ladder that she took. The, the suplex is off the ladder... And then the one on the through the table with all the bins under it, like just wild shit that Aja Kong does not need to be doing at her age. But it was awesome. Uh, I wasn't super into the early going when it was mostly like crowd brawling. But once they got in the ring and stayed there, it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, So I went four and a quarter on it. I think I would have gone higher if they had cut down on the early crowd brawling. But like it, this rocked. This was so good. I was exactly the same. I was four and a quarter and I had the same first note, which is Aja Kong doesn't need to do any of this at this point in her career. Um, I mean, the dash jump off the ladder from the ring to the outside, which she does like in like every hardcore match that she has in Sentai Girls always looks so good. Yes. Like I'm like, of course you do it every match. It looks incredible. I don't know. Maybe it is. It looks incredibly painful. Oh, it to has to be. Like, because like Dash falls I, like a rock. Like, I feel like she falls yeah. faster than everyone else, and I know that's not like possible. But it just—it really looks like she has somehow defied physics and falls faster than you possibly can. It just feels to me like she, even though it's a short amount of distance. It feels to me like she reaches terminal velocity. Yes. Somehow. Like it's like whoop and smash. Um and just yeah. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um Aja Kong going crazy. Um I don't know. I was thinking like, why is she doing this? I'm yeah, like, I have no idea why soon. I don't she know. looked like she was having a fun time. <laughs> I mean, like I she think was she chuckling enjoys. after the match. <laughs> yeah, um, I did like the one aspect of the crowd brawling. I did like, which is the Aja Kong thing. I always like is Dash throwing the chairs at her, and then she just does that quick punch. Yes, um, which I always like. You know, usually she does it in the ring to someone, but I always like that. Um, and there was so much offense on Aja Kong's arms. I was like, ugh. That seems very painful to me. Um, another another reminder match where I'm like, yeah, no, wrestling couldn't. Sometimes you watch and you're like, well, maybe I could do that. I could get in. Uh-huh. This is one where I'm like, nope, uh, no nope. chance. <laughs> Did you notice I, the bit when um, Dash threw the chair on top of Aja Kong when she had all the chairs on her and the chair then came bounced and came down and smacked her in the face? Oh, no, I guess I missed that. Yeah, no, so. she was like, it looked like afterwards she was checking her teeth. Like It looked it looked like it sucked. Yeah, I'm like losing my teeth. I don't want to lose any teeth. I don't want to have, a, you know, even though Dash is very small, I'm like, sorry, I'm not letting you hold a chair and come down very fast on me, no matter what no. um, we're doing, which also reminded me in the previous match, um, Hashimoto on some of those. Oh, 
You know what it was? I just figured out what the word was. It wasn't suplexes. It was sentons. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Hashimoto just fucking lands on top of people with those sentons. Um, you know, I think of things when people do like double stomps, like um, Swerve Strickland when he does the Swerve Stomp. He is yeah. doing it in an attempt to make as little contact with the person as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Hashimoto is just like, here I come. I'm landing directly on top of you. (laughs) Hope you're You're ready. Squished. Another thing where I'm like, sorry, you're not doing that to me. I'm not taking any of those. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't know. You just lay there and you prep and you're like, okay, like someone's just going to come and land on top of me. Nah. Seems bad. Seems bad to me, but that's why I only watch and I don't wrestle. Mm -hmm. You know, this match made me realize that I want at some point, I don't know how I want it to happen. I don't know where I want it to happen, but I want Dash Chisako and John Moxley to be a tag team. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hmm. Call up GCW. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, if, if anyone's going to do it, it's probably going to be a Mania Weekend GCW show. <laughs> I mean, Dash would probably be pretty good in GCW. I mean, right? she doesn't. She doesn't do the death. She doesn't do death matches. Has she ever done? Yeah, a death but match? she does good hardcore. No, but she does good hardcore, so it would be good. And it seems like that they're looking for sort of more because they're. I mean, they're bringing in Risa Sarah, who again is more of a sort of death match person. But I mean, I think she would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. I'm just imagining the size difference between John Moxley and Dash. Because <laughs> um, I don't even know. How tall is she? She's got to be tiny. She's got, I mean, let's see. Uh, according to Cage Match, she's 4'11". All right, that makes sense. Um, you are much quicker on that than me. 411. Okay. I mean, even that seems, I'm like, she seems so small for a Joshi wrestler, and all Joshi wrestlers are small. Yeah, I'm um, wondering, I'm thinking that's gimmicked. <laughs> a gimmicked four foot height. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would be, and Moxley must be like 5'10 or something. Probably. Um, well, no, anyway, he's probably yes. got to be taller than that because. My my oh. like measuring stick in wrestling is Brian Danielson. He and I are the same size, and Mox is taller than Danielson, and I'm five ten. Mox is much taller than Danielson. I will also say Danielson is not five ten, um, because I met him once and took a picture with him, and he made me bend down because I was taller than him, and I'm like five ten. Hmm. Am I, I not five ten? I think he's like 5'8". Okay, maybe. 
Well, I was way off on Moxley. He's six two. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So he would be much bigger than Dash. Um, but now yeah, I great really match. want this team. <laughs> it was it was my match of the uh, match of the show. I for went sure four and a quarter. So um, I think the match on the show, if you didn't watch the show, to sort of go out of your way and watch, especially if you like the hardcore stuff and you like the dash, like it was very much a dash Chizako hardcore match. Yeah. She, and that's a, another like comparison that I made with Mox is she's very much a vibes wrestler. Well, I mean, I think uh, to me, like thinking of her, I think of her more as like, Oh, she's a talented wrestler. Like Mox is very good. I like him, but he's much more of a vibe wrestler than I think dash is like dash. I'm like, she can go out there and she can really wrestle if she needs to. Yeah. Or I should say the hardcore match version of her is very much a vibes wrestler. It feels like to me, it's almost like there's two different dashes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the main event of the show was Sari defeating Mika Iwata in 10 minutes and 28 seconds. Kelly, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, I have thoughts on this match, but interested to hear your thoughts. I liked this quite a bit. Uh, I also went four and a quarter on this one. Uh, I thought it was just a a nice, brief, and very violent main event. Uh, Just bell-to-bell, hard-hitting action. And I kind of like that it was short because it's like, yeah... These matches can't all be epics when you're hitting each other as hard as they are. Sometimes someone just goes out, you know, and that's I, I kind of like the almost realism that that brings to it. So I, I wouldn't say this like it wasn't my favorite match of the show. And I actually think even though I both rated them the same, I enjoyed the hardcore match a lot more. But this was one where it's like, yeah, no, this makes sense. Uh, and I thought another great sorry performance. So, yeah, I went four and a quarter. I liked it. I did think it was too short. Um, I don't know. It just felt to me like I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. And then it was over. Um, I think they should have swapped the placement because especially with this not being a title match. They should have made this the semi main. Yeah, I think that would have made more sense. It just felt to me like sort of, you know, I think they wanted Siri to win and they're just sort to get to the next, you know, point so they were like just go out there and beat her um and also we don't have that much time so just go out there like they hit each other very hard i was like yeah i'm into this but i was expecting like the next gear of the match and then when i was expecting the next gear it just sort of ended Mm -hmm. um and i think also it's a thing where i was expecting a lot because i was like oh this match it's you know it's on the you know obviously it's main eventing it's two really good wrestlers. I'm like really pumped for this. It's going to be really, really good. And it's going to be one of those big matches. And then it wasn't that. So it was sort of like a victim of expectations a little bit for me in terms of like, yeah, this is going to be a, a great, you know, if I had gone in being like, oh, you know, this will probably be a three-star match. Then I would have been like, oh, great. But it's two wrestlers where I'm like, I know that they can deliver like big, 
big time matches and it just didn't feel like this was that it also did, weirdly didn't feel it's like cork and hall you're like okay this is one of the bigger shows for sendai girls and it didn't feel like the cap of like yeah this is a big show it just felt like okay we're gonna go out there and just have some kind of match mm-hmm. yeah no i think the show would have definitely benefited from swapping the semi-main and the main I mean, if this would have been like a big time, like if I had gone four and a half, I'd be like, wow, this was a great, great show. You know, the semi-main and the tag before it, I was like, wow, these are really great. Um, But it just sort of ended and I was like, okay, that was the show. Um, There were two good matches, but sort of having that in the main event be like, well, okay, sort of short match did sort of feel like at the end of the show, you're like, Oh, I was enjoying it, and now, you know, it's just fine. Yeah, time, time to go home, I guess. But that was Sendai Girls from Corican Hall on November 5th. What else has been happening in the world of Yoshi? Well, in stardom, the tag league has come to an end. The finals, uh, in the finals, Micah and Megan Bain defeating Maceira and Suzu Suzuki. Uh, that is what was happening in stardom. So can we talk about for a sec, how neither of us knew this show was happening. Um, well, (laughs) I will say that I am a tag league. Um, (laughs) what am I looking to say here? Denier. Uh, Maybe. No, I mean, I believe it happens. (laughs) Denier does not exist. Like, what the tag league it's fake the tag league is fake i don't know i just feel i find the idea of like okay we're doing the five star we're doing the five star for three months and then the five star ends and two weeks later it's like watch another tournament where you know it which no is much cares. less important and doesn't really matter is like oh, oh, oh. um I don't know. And there have been so many injuries in stardom and there were replacements and there's all these things where it's just like, I don't know. I just want to get back to, you know, okay, we're having big shows. Um, we're doing house shows. Yeah. I don't know. I've never really. But like when we were talking last week about like, Hey, what are we going to cover this week? I was looking through the Stardom Twitter account. I saw zero mention of the Tag League Finals. I thought it was happening on that the Gold Rush show. Like I had no idea this was an entire separate show because I don't think they mentioned it once on their social media. Yeah, I just think Tag Leagues in general are sort of like, I mean, there's the New Japan one. And they're all, they always feel so low energy to me. Yeah. And sort of in non-vital um, it's sort of like, great, they won. Okay. And then now we move on. And I think like even the native fans kind of don't give a shit. Cause I think they only drew like 600 people. Um, did they, let's see, do they have a, do they have the number on cage match? Cause like, I think, it, and if, if the number I saw is true, that should be kind of a wake up call to start them right now to just be like, Hey, you know, maybe we should slow down. Maybe we're burning everyone out, <laughs> both wrestlers and fans as more and more of their roster falls apart. Yeah. The number is not listed on cage match yet. 
I don't know if it will be, but um, yeah. I mean, I think just tag league is a hard sell because people know that it's really nothing major. Yeah. Um, but in Tokyo Joshi, they they started the Next Generation tournament. They had two of the matches on November 3rd, Himawari defeating Haru Karshiro and Toga defeating Runa Okubo. And also on that show was the final Saki Akai Tokyo Joshi match. The final Saki Akai match period was nine days later on the DDT Ultimate Party Show on November 12th. Kelly, I watched the uh, Tokyo Joshi offer match, which I believe you also watched. Um, I have not watched that yet. Oh, you have not watched. Okay, so we have No, watched... I think I misunderstood you earlier because I, I <laughs> thought you were talking about uh, Saki's final Tokyo Joshi match. So we individually each have watched one match from this show, and they're different matches. Um, yep. <laughs> so I did watch the Tokyo Joshi offer match from this show. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the rest of the show yet, um, but I found it very enjoyable, very happy to see... Um, you know, these younger wrestlers get a chance to come out, you know, Mocha, uh, Shino Suzuki, um, Wakana Uihara, and uh, Suzume, all those people. Happy to see them get this opportunity. I thought they performed all very well. Um, still shocking to me that, you know, you sort of had the veteran in the match of, you know, like Mocha. Miyamoto being the veteran, but I think it's a lot of fun. You know, I think in the long term, the match itself, you know, it was third, the third match of the night. It sort of was in that slot. They wrestled to that slot. I thought they wrestled well, but obviously it's sort of a more opener match, but I really like them giving opportunities to different wrestlers and not just having it be, you know, the usual Shoko, uh, Yuka, match because I think if you're going to do that if you're going to have that opportunity better to maybe send out some new people and have someone who maybe just watches DDT see someone they've never seen before and maybe get interested in them um, so I like that Kelly you watched the final Saki Akai match I did uh, so that was Miyu Yamashita Kazusada Higuchi and Naomichi Marafuji defeating the eruption team of Saki Akai, Hideki Okatani, and Yukio Sakaguchi. Uh, this was a really, really good match for Saki to go out on. Just really good action throughout. Uh, Higuchi is just a madman for nailing Saki with a shoot headbutt in her final match. <laughs> um, super emotional finish to the match. Like There was a really nice bit where uh, Miyu was kind of lining up Saki for the skull kick and Sakaguchi kind of just stops everyone and kind of motions for all the guys to leave the room and or leave the ring and just leave it to the women. And I thought that was a nice moment. Uh, pretty much as soon as the bell rang at the end, Okatani was just a mess crying. It was very sweet. Uh, super nice post show or post match, like uh, video package for Saki. Uh, I, I thought the match was great. I went four stars. Uh, there was one very weird bit because like they after the match, they had like video messages for Saki. 
And one of them was from Shinsuke Nakamura, but they did not show it and they muted the sound. And so all we see is Saki reacting with absolute shock to something that is completely silent. (laughs) It was very bizarre. I don't know why they did that that way. And then uh, Saki gives like a speech afterwards, which the English commentary team did not translate at all. Only at the very end of it did the woman on the commentary go, Oh, what a nice message. And it's like, fucking great. I wish I knew what she said. Uh, Yeah, I did see a picture. Someone took a picture in the arena of the Shinsuke message. Um, You know, him standing in front of the raw backdrop or whatever he was doing. Um, So I did see that. I am excited to watch the rest of the show. Um, you know, but obviously watching the rest of those big DDT shows is like a seven hour commitment of time. Yeah. Like that's, Um, that's what I'm doing with the rest of my day once we get off of here. (laughs) Yeah. So I will watch looking forward to the Saki Akai, um, looking forward to the Saki Akai match. Um, you know, I know I'm sort of skipping ahead here. I know that we both watched the, um, Gambari show that she was on. And just sort of watching her, knowing, you know, oh, she's got very few matches left. Um, And just thinking, you know, she definitely has, um, you know, in the world of Joshi is very unique. She sort of has a very unique personality, unique wrestling style that I think will be missed. So I was sort of watching being like, oh, you know, I will really um, miss watching her wrestle. Yeah, and it's really, she's improved so much over the years because she was, for years, the poster child of, like, a baby giraffe. Like, she always kind of looked shaky in the ring, but within the past bunch of years, she got really good and became a downright great wrestler, especially in the past year or so. Like, she was, her retirement road was full of really good matches. Yeah, she certainly became, I mean, she certainly improved um, from where she started um, and has been very valuable, you know, in multiple, in DDT, in Tokyo Joshi. So we'll, you know, definitely be missed. And it'll be interesting to see who sort of steps up to uh, take her sort of slot. Yeah. What else has been going on? Sendai Girls had another show on November 11th. Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu retained their tag titles over Lena Cross and Veni uh, in Ice Ribbon. They had a show on November 3rd. Ancham and Yuri defeated Ibuki Hoshi and Kaho Matsushita to win the tag titles. Um, is that right? Ibuki Hoshi? Did I accidentally type Ibushi Hoshi twice? Um... And Abuki Hoshi defeated Mifu Ishida to retain the Ice Infinity title. Now I'm doubting my own notes here. Uh, no, that is correct. Um, yes, it was for the vacant uh, tag title, so that is correct. Uh, Diana, November 3rd, Ayako Sado and Hanako Nakamori defeated the luminous duo of Haruko Umisaki and Miyuki Takase to become the number one contenders for those tag titles. 
What else was happening? Kelly and I both watched the Gambare show from November 1st. Kelly, anything to say about that Gambare show? Uh, really, you just need to watch the main event. I thought there was some pretty rough matches before then. But, you know, you had the Sakyakai and Aroha teaming up to beat uh, Hasegawa and Yuri. I thought this was really good. But it did kind of make me bummed out that we didn't get to see Aroha and Saki as a regular tag team because I thought they had great chemistry here and it would have been cool to see them as a regular team for a while. Yeah, I also liked this match. Um, You know, really like Yuri. I think she's very good. Obviously, already talked about Aroha and Akai. So I thought it was, um, I thought it was super fun and a sort of good. Um, additional Gambare farewell for Akai. Um, I also watched, Kelly, I don't know if you watched this. I know we briefly I watched talked it about too. it. The Dai Kaiju Pro match. Uh, Veni versus Shoko Nakajima. Kelly, a match that I know, uh, like in the past, probably upset you. Um, this is again, pretty much all my notes are about. It didn't upset me as much as it normally does. Oh. Why is Because these were these were not Shoko's usual toys. She did not bring these. Because I was looking at them, I'm like, those aren't the normal ones we see. These were all fairly recent releases from the Movie Monsters line. So those are the more affordable ones. So these are these are fairly recent. If they get damaged, they're not too hard to replace. Though that being said, that was still probably somewhere between two and three hundred dollars of toys. This is the this is why you're on the show to bring this expert uh, <laughs> the expert knowledge on yep. the toys that are being used as hardcore weapons um, in the match. <laughs> I thought the match was very fun, uh, mm-hmm. not not a standout match in any way, but I thought it was fun. I thought the crowd was good, and um, yeah, overall I thought it enjoyable. It's the only match I watched from the show, so it was a very easy um, fifteen minutes or so. Um, so just fun to see. And two people you probably wouldn't see, uh, wrestle in any other circumstance. Um, so overall fun. If it interests you, check it out. What is coming up in the world of Joshi? Well, stardom is back to their big shows. The first show that they have is new blood West taking place from, um, a new location in Japan. Uh, four matches announced so far. Amisore versus Zones. Miyu Amasaki versus Chichi. Uh, Momoko Hanazono versus Lady C. And then for the future of stardom title, Rina will defend against Hanako. Um, so another New Blood show, I believe. Again, not airing on YouTube um, like the previous one. Do we know if it's but, airing anywhere? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, I'm I, think the, I don't think the last one made tape at all. Did the last one show up on Stardom World? I think it I thought it did. Did it? OK. Yeah, I thought it did eventually after a couple days. OK. Um, because I thought I remembered seeing it. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Yeah, because I know initially it was like, ah, it's not going to air anywhere, and I don't know if they ever went yeah, back. Yeah, nine twenty nine, I think, was the last one. Okay, and it well, is good. on. It is on Stardom World. Yeah, that's good. You don't you don't want to see wrestling shows like Lost to the Ether, so I'm glad yeah. that they ended up putting it up there. <laughs> but the big show of the next two weeks is Stardom Gold Rush. Uh, the card is as follows. It will open with a battle royal. Saeeda, Miyu Amasaki, Lady C, Yuna Mizumori, Mika, Mina Shirakawa, Hanako, Megan Bain, and Billykin will all be in that battle royal. There will be another Moneyball uh, tournament. The first round will see Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla take on Natsuko Tora, Momo Watanabe, and Ruaka. And Amisore, Saki Kashima, and Konami will take on Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Hanan in the round one matches. The winner of both of those matches will go on to the Moneyball final round. It's wild that that's going to be the last thing that Julia does before she reports to the Performance Center. <laughs> uh, Kelly stoking the flames. Um yeah, maybe she, maybe that she'll use the money to get a plane flight. Oh yeah, get a get an apartment in uh, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is happening? Suzu Suzuki will take on Azumi and Starlight Kid in a three-way match. Of course, Suzu Suzuki supposed to have that uh, title match against Tom Nakano, who is out. Uh, so Suzu being put in this match here uh, there will be another uwf rules match shuri will take on alice inc and then for the high speed title macier will defend against momoko hanazono and the main event of the show mirai will defend the wonder of stardom title against sayori ano now, Kelly do we GC. really think that's the main event, or is the Moneyball match the main event? Oh, that is true. It could be. Um, remember last year when the Moneyball broke? <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only memory I have of the last year's Moneyball, is that the fucking yeah. ball broke. Um, like, super early in the match, because someone whacked it with a ladder. <laughs> And that was the that was the main event, right? I think it was, yeah. Last year. Um so it could be uh you know, I think it's tougher with the you know, I think it would be the wonder of stardom title, but I don't know, we'll see. Do you it's think definitely there's not any... going to be the high speed title because like no. stardom's fallen on hard times, but they haven't fallen on times that hard yet. <laughs> Do you think there will be any title changes on this uh, show? Um, maybe, probably not. But I would not be super surprised if Sayori beats Mirai. I think I would be surprised because <laughs> she's not. I don't think she's officially like because obviously she's still doing the Sukeban. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. So it feels like to put that level of title on someone would require you to be like, okay, now you've got to work for stardom. You know? 
Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so yeah, no, no title changes. Seedling has a show coming up on November 17th. The card, Kakadita versus Ayame Sasamura. Uh, Ryu Mizunami and Miyuki Takase will team up to face Azusa Inaba and Hizoka. Um, Makoto, Mayuki and Veni will face off in a three-way match. And then the main event uh, being built in the last few weeks by videos of them going to Disney World. Um, Arisa Nakajima and Sari will take on Riko Kaiju and Hiroyo Matsumoto. The real uh, brochachos. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this one will be shorter and more logical than that. Um, Oz has a show on the 23rd, a title match on that show for the pioneer title. Itsuki Aoki will put the title on the line against Kyoko Inoue and Sayori No. Tokyo Joshi has a sort of, um, I don't know, big, small show, I guess I'll call it. Uh, on the 19th, the mountaintop, uh, we'll see the next round of the Next Generation Tournament. Wakana Uihara will take on Toga. Shino Suzuki will take on Himiwari. In the semi-main of that show, the Magical Sugar Rabbits, Yuka Sakazaki, and Mizuki will take on Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe. And then the main event will be for the International Princess title. Maxi and Paler will put their title on the line against the winner of the Battle Royal, Shoko Nakajima. So that should be a fun show. Also, Viva Van uh, will be coming to Tokyo Joshi. Kelly, you ever watch any Viva Van? Uh, no, I've watched a lot of Viva Lobam. <laughs> is Uncle Phil coming? Or is, a, is, is his dad coming? I feel like I have is, seen a Viva Van match, but I don't know if I have or if I'm. Is just... Bam gonna uh, paint the entire Tokyo Joshi ring blue? I never watched Viva La Bam. I was a big Viva La Bam guy. As so when I was all these references years. are going right over my head. Viva um, La Bam was just jackass, but like with an ongoing story in the episode and like shot better. I think that's sort of a low bar from... Um, yeah, uh, but like their camera guess. guy was like real pretentious about shit, so he'd be like, yeah, this is shot in like 35 millimeter today. <laughs> I learned a lot All about right. like Finland music from Viva La Bam. Um, it was also announced, this is for in the future, but that Masha Slamovich will be coming in in the new year. Um, Hell yeah! For some matches, including uh, including a death match with Hikari Noah, who I thought was very much done with this, considering she still has that gnarly scar on her back. That like there are people who do death matches like all the time, every week, who don't have as bad a scar as that single scar on Hikari Noah. <laughs> Yeah, it rules. I'm very excited to see what happens next. Uh, so that's wild. Uh, Wave is hosting both a number one contender tournament for the Regina de Wave title and a tag tournament. So they have a show with a bunch of matches for both of those. 
coming up. And then Kelly, what's going Wave on? Wave loves the... running multiple tournaments at a time. <laughs> they're t- they're call them. Uh, well, they have A E and W in their uh, yeah in their name. Uh, Can't spell wave without the letters A E W. Who we also know loves uh, running tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and then Kelly, what's going on in the world of Gato Move and Choco Pro? All right. So one of the big news stories is Chie Koshikawa is out with a elbow injury for the foreseeable future. Uh, she didn't, as far as I could tell from the Twitter posts, she didn't like break anything, but kind of strained ligaments or hurt ligaments on both sides of her elbow. So she's going to be out for a while, but it sounds like she's still going to be active in the promotion as just like a host, I guess. Uh, and then on November 20th, uh, Chaco Pro has their next Rivals show at Shintiba. Uh, that is headlined by a tag title match between Best Bros taking on Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi. Uh, and then that also the semi-main of that show is Sayaka taking on Makoto. So those are two interesting matches that I'm very excited to see. So that is everything coming up in the next two weeks of Joshi in two weeks time. We'll be talking some stardom gold rush. We'll be talking some mountaintop. We may even be talking some seedling. Uh, so we will have that episode. I guess I'll reveal um, another planning meeting happening live on air. Yeah. Uh, we'll be here two weeks from now to cover those shows. Two weeks after that will be our year in review show with all of our thoughts on wrestler of the year promotion of the year and all that good stuff and that will be it for us for the year 2023 and then we will of course return in 2024 to keep bringing you the best of joshi from the best of guys me and kelly yep and maybe we'll have a fantasy league next year (laughs) and maybe we'll have a you know let us know what you think about that idea uh the more I think about it, the more I actually think it's a fun idea. Um, yeah, no, I, I do too. So that is it for us for this week. We will see you in two weeks' time. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.